0: and throughout history. You may be seated. We are searching for someone that's better than Jesus and we haven't found him yet. All right, today uh, we continue on our journey and children are dismissed for children in worship for those that uh, to go that way. Um, uh, we're on our, this continuing look at the, the heroes, biblical heroes, um, the, the the heroes of heaven. We've looked at Moses and Esther, um, and, and what we well, today we'll look at Josiah, and we've what we've seen over and over that the, the heroes of heaven aren't superheroes. They're really not even superhuman. Matter of fact, they're they're fully human, fallible humans, broken and incomplete, but they are continuing to grow in love and obedience to God. That's what a heavenly hero is. One who is continuing to grow in love and obedience to God. I mean, what we see, what we're going to see throughout, is that they, uh, they, they, they stick to God. That they're faithful to God. Even in the midst of, uh, the, of, of all of their own mess and brokenness, they persevere in, in seeking to stay with the one who is faithful to them. Even in, in, in their own sin, in their own chaos, in the, the confusion of the world, in their own weakness. Um, in their own error, they still, what, what they are doing is being faithful to God, growing in love and obedience and allowing God's heroics to be displayed through them. And so, with uh, Josiah today, he's one of the, the kings of Judah. So, uh, Josiah's day—it's it's going to be in the Second Chronicles here in the days of Second Chronicles and Second Kings. Those are the days when uh, Israel, the people of God, is split into two kingdoms. There's the Northern Kingdom, Israel, the Southern Kingdom, is Judah. The Judah's around Jerusalem, and uh, that's who Josiah is—the the king of this land and what we're going to see him he's going to let God allow God's heroics to work through him to bring renewal to his peace to his people at least for a season so I invite you to turn to 2nd Chronicles chapter 34 uh, 362 in your pew bible or uh, you can follow along whatever form you have the written word of God I invite you encourage you to, to turn there um, let's pray together Almighty God, we praise you, we love you, we adore you, we want to obey you. So we ask that your word now would speak to us. That we would, would hear from, from you, from your written word, what, where it is you're, you're calling and leading us. Uh, maybe what you're calling us to do or to, to not do or what to, to change um, uh, in uh, attitude or, or thought or, or action. Um, because we love you and that means we want to obey you. Uh, so thank you for your written word. Uh, help us to hear from you and to act in accordance with your wisdom. In Jesus we pray, amen. All right, so Second Chronicles uh, chapter 34. We'll start here. We're going to jump through 34 and 35 a little bit, so keep your finger in here. Um, even as I go off on little riffs, on little parts of it, we'll come back to this three or four times. So Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his ancestor David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, which meant Josiah was 16, when he was still a boy, he began to seek the God of his ancestor David. And in the twelfth year, when he was 20, He began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the sacred poles, and the carved and the cast images. In His presence, they pulled down the altars of the Baals. Those are the alternative gods. He demolished the incense altars that stood above them. He broke down the sacred poles and the carved and the cast images. He made dust of them and scattered it over the graves of those who had sacrificed them all right so the first thing we see here of Josiah as one who is a, a hero of heaven is that heroes of heaven seek after God I mean that's uh, what he did we see it age eight. He, we're told he starts to, to seek in 16. He starts to seek after God and, and to pursue Him. You know, there's, there's lots of things that we can seek. Lots of things we can live for. And they're good things. But when they become the primary thing that we seek, that's called idolatry. That, that leads to destruction. not to, Even if they're good things. Even for those of you that are in, in school... Man, you go to school, get the best grades that you can get, but don't make that your highest priority. Seek after God. For those of us that are at work, man, we want to work hard, we want to do the best job we can do, but that can't be our highest priority. Our highest priority must be to seek after God. Uh, Wherever we are, as a church... I mean, we, we want to be the best church that we can be. We, we want to continue to do all that we can do to be the biggest and the best and all the rest, but we got to not seek that. we got to seek God. Because the problem is, if we seek good grades first, or we seek doing uh, the, the work well first, or we seek being the biggest and the best first, then sometimes that can cause us to cheat or to cut corners. It can, it can cause us to maybe water down the gospel. It, it can uh, cause us to, to lie. If those become our highest goals instead of God being our highest goal, the one that we seek. And that's what we see with Josiah. He was seeking after God. And, and men, did you see his age? This is a word for the eight-year-olds. He was king at eight. Yeah, some of you are like, man, changing my name to Josiah. And then at 16, we're told, he began to seek God. And at age 20, he started making changes. You don't have to wait to seek God. I mean, we're always on a journey of preparation. As we'll see throughout this, we never graduate from seeking God. We are always being prepared. So don't sit and wait and say, Well, when I get to be this eight. No. Do it now. Eight years old. You're, you're prepared. You're ready. Go do it. God will lead and direct you. Seek after Him now. You you never know what kind of changes it might you might make. So I invited uh, Matthew Dumford to come and just share. Matthew Dumford's a covenant partner here. He's a junior at Walnut Hills High School and uh, the the president of Christian Connection, or and uh, active in ministry there. So I said, Matthew, just share with us you know, about that ministry and how you
1: know being here helped prepare you for that ministry. Okay, well I've been here all since been going to CHPC since I was born. and I've had many years of Sunday school here. (laughs) From the nursery to the Great Hall in first grade, up to the third floor of the Barnabas Center in fifth grade, and I've had great teachers every year, from Dave Smith, Bill Scheid, Lance Brown, Bill Custer, and many others. Starting in seventh grade with tweens, I also began to attend youth group at CHPC and had many great times and teachers there as well. Last year in CRASH, the youth group for 10th through 12th graders, we studied the life shapes, which is a series of metaphors that help you remember Christian concepts such as prayer. The goal of the shapes is to create disciples making disciples, so a leader teaches the shapes to a group of their disciples, and then those disciples go and become leaders of their own disciples, thus spreading tools for easily remembering and applying core Christian values. I was inspired by the testimony of Kendra Russell, who shared not too long ago on this stage that she started a group to teach the life shapes at her high school, and I I was guided by the Holy Spirit, so I decided to teach the shapes to the Christian club at my high school, Walnut Hills. I've been attending the club at Walnut since my freshman year, and just last year, I, well, at the beginning of this year, I moved into a leadership role in that club. In the past, I wouldn't have considered such a position as I usually have an aversion to public speaking. But Imagine imagine that. God sometimes calls you into uncomfortable places. (laughs) But guided by the example of the many people who have taught me and emboldened by the message that they taught, I was able to, with God's help, begin my own teaching. I was prepared for my ministry by people who believed in what they taught, and with that conviction, they strengthened my own belief as well. Thank you. Amen.
0: (laughs) From the youngest to the oldest. I mean, God, we are seeking God. That is the purpose of our lives. To seek after God and to share Him with others. No matter where we are, in the workplace, at school, at home, on the stage on the field, on the court. It doesn't matter. We're seeking after God. Thank you, Matthew, for leading us and thank you for all who've poured into him. All that held him in the nursery, that uh, uh, were in the pool with him, those that were in the classroom, those that were holding a hammer and work crew, what, however, for him and for many others. He just represents, he's one of many that God is continuing to lead here and to help lead us. All right. So Josiah doesn't matter the age. He starts at age eight, then on through twenty. Then now on this journey, look, look what happens next with Josiah as he's seeking after God. Um, he 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 also has a building campaign, a regeneration campaign of their own is going on, and, and this is what uh, what happens. We'll pick up in verse eight, and then we'll we'll jump down to verse fourteen there. In the 18th year of his reign, so when he's 26, when he had purged the land and the um, the house, he sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, Um, Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. Just a quick little sideline here. Regularly tell you, whenever you read these kind of names, just act like you know how to pronounce them and just go with it. It doesn't doesn't matter because nobody knows anyway. So just go with it. They came to the high priest Hilkiah and delivered the money that had been brought into the house of God which the Levites, the keepers of the threshold, had collected from Manasseh and Ephraim and from all the members of Israel and from all Judah. All right, now jump down to verse 14. While they were bringing out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, the priest Hilkiah found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. Hilkiah said to the secretary, Shaphan, I've found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. Shaphan brought the book to the king and further reported to the king, All that was committed to your servants they are doing. They've emptied out the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the workers." The secretary Shaphan informed the king. The priest Hilkiah has given me a book. Shaphan then read it aloud to the king. Now, do you get this? This book is the Bible. <laughs> um, this is probably Deuteronomy, or maybe the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That that was somewhere in the temple that they found as they were, I don't know, pulling tile away from the the wall and it's back there or it's somewhere in some bookcase or they're using it as a hot pad in the kitchen who knows but they they find this book and it's the bible when the king heard the word of the law he tore his clothes then the king commanded Hilkiah, Hekayam, son of Shaphan, Adam, son of Micah, the secretary Shaphan, and the king's servant, Asala, go inquire of the Lord for me. And for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found, for the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us is great. Because our ancestors did not keep the word of the Lord to act in accordance with all that is written in his book. Josiah, as a hero of heaven, shows us that the heroes of heaven have a love, have a passion for obedience to God's word. I mean, what what a story that the Bible's sort of been hidden for a while and then found. And Josiah is overwhelmed with emotion, tearing his clothes, distressed with grief and lament, overcome that he sees the disobedience of himself and of his people. This is the the hero of heaven response to, to the Bible, holding it of the highest value. That this this is the word of God written this is the revelation of God made clear to us this is greater this is greater than our traditions greater than our history greater than than our preferences greater than than our personal experiences greater than what we think and develop greater than our strategies greater than sociological um, uh, guidance greater than psychological guidance greater than intellectual guidance the 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 word of of God written is the revelation of God that penetrates to our very soul. And for a hero of God, it is our passion. Just like Josiah, above and beyond all else, we know this is the center of our conversation. What does God's word say? The the, Reformers who went before us, God bless you, died so that we could sit here with a Bible written in a language that we can read. You know, what, just 500 years ago, that the, the Bible was in um, a, a language that, that only the erudite, only the mo- highest educated could read, that most all the other people couldn't read, even if they knew how to read. Folks like John Wycliffe and Jan, from, from England and Jan Hus from Czechoslovakia, they were priests leading the way, saying, no, we, this, they had a passion. They were heroes. This Word of God is such a great gift that, man, we've got to put it in the language of the people that they can read and know and understand. But that challenged the structures of the church at that time so much so that they burned them at the stake. Both of them. They died for that. Martin Luther, you know, the, the, the one that we name Lutheran churches after, who was really the, the one who you know, on the, the 31st of October's when he sort of started or really it exploded this Reformation, when he nailed his thoughts on the church door, which is sort of the bulletin board for the community. Uh, he, he believed the same thing, and he was also brought up in, in charges. But he and he was excommunicated from the church and sentenced to die, but never never was captured. And this was in the, the the city of Worms, Germany, where this trial took place. And there he he gave that that speech where he was saying, "What you're teaching, what you're teaching is is, is wrong. You're you're a heretic. You're opposing the church." And, and he said, "No, salvation by grace in Jesus through faith." through Christ alone, through His Word alone, through faith alone. That is based on the Scriptures. And uh, my conscience, my convictions are captive to the Word of God. I can do no other. And that was His defense. The heroes of heaven have a passion for the Scriptures. Not just to know them, to understand them, but to do them. And that's what we we see in Josiah. Our charge is always to make our question, what does the Word of God say? How does that relate to what we are doing? As a church, as an individual, as family, in your, your workplace, in your school, always that trumps all. God's written word. So we've got to t- spend time reading it and studying it together. We had the same passion for, for this written word. So here's my question for us: How much time do you spend in, in God's revelation to us? How much time reading it and studying it and with, with one another? I challenge you to do a little time inventory in the course of this week, and and it's not even a, an issue of quantity of time, but really an issue of quantity and quality. I mean, it certainly can't be thirty seconds. There's no magic number. Just because you read it for an hour doesn't mean anything if you don't have the passion to do it. But we gotta be. In the word. And in this day and age of 24-7 information coming our way, it's, it's a decision that has to be made. We've got to turn off not just one or two things, but about ten in order to be in His Word if we want God's heroics to be active in us. If we're going to do it according to our wisdom, our strategy, uh, what other churches are doing, then that's failure. No matter what the results. If we're not doing it according to God's written word, so we we've got to be continue to be in the word. Must be clear and obvious in our lives that the the passion for His word is real. Now uh, look look again at, John, at uh, Josiah's response then to the the, the scriptures after he. Finds them and spends time in them in verse 26 of uh, chapter uh, 34. Um, Because in his response, Josiah says, "Man, go go to the prophetess, get her get get the word of the Lord to tell us what what all does this mean as we're reading the word together." So in verse 26, this is the word then from the prophetess Hulda, who's uh, um, is who's the the prophet of the day. But as to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard. Because your heart was penitent, and you humbled yourself before God, when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you have humbled yourself before me, and have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. I will gather you to your ancestors, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. What, what we see here is, at this stage, Josiah's response to the scriptures and their correction is humility. A humility that leads to obedience. I mean, There's a brokenness in Josiah that is real. Now, I've been... This has been good. It's ripped me apart studying this this week. I've been corrected just by looking at this because, you know, I can become so familiar with the Bible. I'm even a Bible expert or at least I try to purport that, right? Throw a little Greek word here or Hebrew word there. Or maybe even just say Aramaic once or twice. Learning to to know it more and more and it is a great... Benefit of the job that I had to spend time in the Bible, or at least get to. But what I realize is how many times I can go to the Bible for a lot of things besides God. You know, I can go to, I can go to the Bible for answers, answers to questions, you know, or answers to, to trivia, or, or answers for other people's questions. Instead of going to the God's Word for God, and to seek Him and to get His direction. Because there may be sometimes that God doesn't want to give me answers. Maybe sometimes like, no, you need to stay in the dark. We need to develop your strength. We need to develop your faith. You, you don't need to know the answers here. You, you need to grow in trust.
1: There, there's other times that I
0: go, I'm feeling low and I need inspiration. So I'm going to go to the Bible for inspiration instead of for God. I, mean, I want to go to the Bible so it feels good. I mean, there are certainly worse addictions than that. But God says, no, I'm not going to give you inspiration today because that's not what you need. You, you need me. You, maybe lament is what you really need. Maybe a, a, a real sadness is what's good here. And I tell you this, when, when I'm in sin, then I really don't want to read the Bible. Yeah, you know, I really don't want to read it then. I, 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 because I know I'm going to be corrected. I know I'm going to. There's going to. It's going to. It's going to get in my life. Yeah, like that. <laughs> get in my life. And, and I don't want that. I, I don't. I, I don't want nothing in my life. I want inspiration, or I want answers. But when we go, and what Josiah, what he just shows us is just this bold, just a unadulterated humility and, and, and weeping and tearing his clothes, that we come to the Bible in unadulterated humility and submission. That's how we come. That's the, the heroic way that we come. And then um, what God's word says then, Josiah does. As as you continue on in that uh, um, passage, um, let's see verse 29. It says, Then the king sent word and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people, both great and small. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. The king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord, keeping his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. That's the heroics of God at work in Josiah. And that's the heroics of God at work in us as a community who covenant together to uphold His Word, to read it, to study to have a passion for it, and to follow it, to obey it. All right. Now I'm going to... I want to jump to the end of the story? The Second Chronicles thirty-five. We see how Josiah is heroic as one who seeks God, uh, one who has a passion for his written word, and one who submits in obedience to his word um, uh, with the, the fullness of his life and full emotion. And uh, you know, and you know, to show you that, that it's you know, you would you're supposed to end on an up right on a high note. Well, sorry, the, the, the events don't. It doesn't end inspirationally. It ends with a, with a real good word, but a word, uh, uh, an event that, that are a good correction and a reminder towards us in the, the end of Josiah's life in, in 2 Chronicles uh, uh, chapter 35, then verse 20. This is the end now of Josiah's, of Josiah's life. After all this, when Josiah had set the temple in order, King Necho of Egypt went up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But Necho sent envoys to him, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I'm not coming against you today, but against the house with which I am at war, and God has commanded me to hurry. See supposing God who is with me, so that he will not destroy you. But Josiah would not turn away from him, but disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Necho from the mouth of God, but joined battle in the plain of Megiddo. The archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, "'Take me away, for I am badly wounded.' So his servants took him out of the chariot and carried him in his second chariot and brought him to Jerusalem. There he died and was buried in the tombs of his ancestors. All Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. At the end, Josiah got a little too confident. Got, a, got a, a little too uh, confident in maybe relying on his past study instead of his current seeking after God. Thought he knew without really engaging with God to, to say, what, what should I do here? And he stepped out to oppose the king of Egypt. That God said, yeah, you don't really need to be doing that. That's what I meant when I said at the beginning we never graduate. You know, we're we're always beginners in a life with Christ. We're always beginners as we're seeking after God, as we're pursuing His Word, after we're trying to do His will. So just as my challenge at the beginning and beginning of Josiah's life to the eight-year-olds was, yeah, you know, don't don't wait. To the eighty-eight-year-olds. Don't stop. Don't don't coast. Don't depend on your past. It's just as we as a church can't depend on ours. We build on it. We want to grow on it. We want to continue to develop Upon it, but it must always be because we are seeking after God. We are passionate for His Word, and in all humility, we are ready to submit in obedience to what His Word teaches. So again, I'm going to come back to the the, 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 the challenge um, for for us for us as a church and to continually be, be seeking after God. That's why your, your session is in a season of prayer and fasting for 40 days. To, to seek after the Lord together and come back and say, what, what are we hearing from the Lord? Reading and Revelation and Ephesus. What is God calling us to do? How do we humbly submit to God's leading for us so that we are not going on our own strategy, but we're going the path that God has for us? And individually, in your own lives as well. Again, I come back to the study. What what ways are you plugging in to God's revelation What ways are you gathering with others to to study and discuss and explore His Word together? And are you sitting with, with the Lord, hearing His Word and saying, how does this apply in my life? Like Josiah, I commit with you and ask you to commit with me. That we will continue continue and redouble our, our energy of being in his word with humility and submission. I want to take just a moment before we head into prayer, of silent prayer for each of us to reflect and hear what, what is what are we fighting with? What are we struggling with? Or, or what are you excited about? Where have you really hearing God say, yeah, for you, this is what you need to do. Whether it's an eight-year-old ready to take Jesus to the playground, or a 98-year-old saying, whoa, I've, I'm coasting. I need to re-engage with Him. Or wherever it is in between. let's take a minute, silence together. Almighty God, continue to speak to us, impress upon our our own spirit how you would lead and and guide us. You would continue to to change us, to, to form that hunger for your word and to continue to develop that humility and submission and obedience to you and where, where, Lord, that needs to be reignited. send the flame of your Holy Spirit to reignite it within us. Where it, it needs some um, uh, extra oxygen, may the, the wind of your Spirit blow. And, and continue, Lord, to form us into a people that, that have a collective passion for Your Word, a collective seeking for You in all ways and in all places. And Almighty God, we are thankful to You, thankful for Your grace and Your mercy, thankful that You are the one who is the hero in and through us. For, for we know in our own brokenness and sin we will continue to, to fall short and You will continue to lift us up and lead us on. Just as You've done in our own lives, just as You've done as a church throughout the decades, just as You've done in Your church from the very beginning of time, we give You praise. We offer ourselves to You we believe, help our unbelief. We, we, we seek you and want to seek you even more. Lord, we do love you and we know to love you is to obey you. Thank you for your grace and mercy and your Holy Spirit alive in us and that ultimately we know you are the great, great hero and will bring all things to completion in you. So Lord, today, continue to to speak to us, strengthen us, help us on this journey. We uh, continue uh, to pray for one another. The needs and concerns that are before us, Lord, we, we lay them down before you whether they're spiritual, they're relational, physical, emotional. For our friends and family members in need of your healing touch, those that are battling cancer, we lift them before you. Those that are recovering from um, uh, injury and surgery Lord, we give you praise to see Jim singing in the choir for Marsha in our midst for, as well for Becky here in our midst. Lord, we, we give you praise and pray your continued healing upon them. Now, gracious God, we, we lift also to you uh, the Schubert family and the death of Bob Schubert uh, this weekend. Pray your comfort and peace upon them. We join with them in sadness of their loss and in the the joy of releasing Bob unto you in the power of the resurrection. Lord, we join now in, in one voice seeking to be the church that you've called us to be. Dear God, Make us into Your community for Your glory. Connect us in Jesus no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate You no matter the circumstances. We need You, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. Amen.